Some of us make our living playing trumpet, while others do more talking than actual playing. No matter our background or ability, we're all fascinated with this piece of plumbing that has earned its place in the pantheon of musical legend, for better or for worse. My name is James Newcomb, and I'm glad you're here. So let's get on with the show. What an honor it is to bring on to the podcast, Ms. Amy Jackson. May have heard of the name Wayne Jackson, and if you haven't heard the name, there's no doubt that you've heard the man playing his trumpet. He's pretty well known, maybe not the name, but his sounds are really well known. What a pleasure to bring on Amy Jackson, who's in Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you, James. Thank you for having me. It's great to be with you. It's wonderful to have you. You shared with me your website, which is Amy Jackson Consulting, and I understand that your business is to help artists, performing artists, musicians, things of that nature, recover royalties that may be that they may be entitled to and are not aware of. And I'm interested in knowing how is it that you got into this business and maybe you could shed a little light on what this business entails and maybe there's some money out there that I'm not aware of. There could be. Yes. Yeah, so I work with Featured artists, musicians, backing vocalists, songwriters, producers, and beneficiaries of all of the above. And my focus really is on the legacy music makers. And I've got some great stories, some super success stories. Amy, Amy, I'm sorry to interrupt. Can you just, what is a legacy music maker? I can say 60s, 70s, 80s, genre. Yeah, yeah. Found on the oldie station. A lot of money out there. A lot of money, People do not know about. Yeah. So that's what I do. And this is how I got to this. Wayne and I were blessed to get 26 years together. We had a 24-year age difference. So we did not look good on paper, but we were written in the stars. And that age difference is why I know so many music makers who are in their 70s, 80s. But I can help other people too. When we got married... It's actually started with Al Green in the early 1990s. There was a TV show called Allie McBeal, and they started using Al Green songs left and right. Wayne is on all the Al Green songs, and there was no new use money coming. Those were American Federation of Musicians sessions. So I called, Wayne was on tour, and I called out to California and said, where is the new use money on this? And I'll always remember this. They put me on hold. This is before the internet. And came back and said, we don't have Al Green in our system. (laughs) Like, okay, that's amazing. Can you tell me your system? And that really began my journey because I told Wayne, we are going to have to be so proactive, the royalty area, because we can't sit back and assume that people are doing their job or even if they are, there are enough of them. So that really started my journey. And I worked as a litigation paralegal the whole time we were married. So that legal background helped me immensely when there were amendments to the Copyright Act in the mid-90s. Fast forward to Wayne passed away in 2016, and I was going through the beneficiary processes for all the different royalty sources. And I realized that we had let the artist royalties for the Marquis, his very first band, From 1961, their hit was Last Night. It launched Wayne's career. We had let those royalties fall off the radar screen. And that can happen 
when it's itty bitty amounts and there's a whole lot of life going on and it can, and there's so much, there are just other areas to focus on. So that's what had happened. And I thought, you've got to get this straightened out. So I called Concord. They had the, had acquired the masters, the Saks masters. And I'm thinking, Hey, maybe it's a hundred bucks by now. No expectations on that. And here they send me the statement and it's for the group. And there was $64,000 sitting there for film and TV licensing. That is where the money is. Uh, next, but the kicker next to everybody's name, Wayne was the only original marquee on the recording. These were older session guys. And next to their name, it said unknown, meaning there was no account information. And so the breakdown was nine grand each. And I thought, God, I know Smoochie and I know Floyd and I know these guys. I got to get them their money. And I did. And uh, it was so fun and so rewarding and like part detective, part good fairy. And from that, people started asking me if I could help them find their royalties. What is new use money? That's with the American Federation of Musicians. New use is a new use of that song. So it's for film and TV oh, okay. commercials. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. So, and our number one new use, Sam and Dave. So Walmart used that when the pandemic hit. Uh-huh. They used that song for that. All right. So you mentioned Ally McBeal, and they were using Al Green's music, and they just used it without bothering to see if it would be okay with Al Green's estate. And they, they just, don't have to do that. They they don't have to okay it like that. They can use it. Music supervisors use it, and they have to license it. So for Al Green, who they would have gone to his his publishing administrator for that. So that's the featured artist world. And there are two licenses you get for when you hear a song in film or TV or on commercials for for the master recording and for the composition. So they're separate licenses. And then if it was American Federation musician recording, there can be money for the session musicians. There's a whole process. There's a whole, there are all these agreements. So much goes into one song that you are hearing on film and TV. It's just incredible. So you've got the two main licenses and then their agreements with the union, the AFM and the production companies, and they're negotiated every few years. There's a formula and I don't know. Now, how? tell us about this, uh, the royalties that you recovered for your husband's band. How is it that there, it sounds like there was like money that was it sounds like it was accrued interest over time. Explain it's that accrued. process. It's accrued because that they were licenses for various film and TV. It, this money that's just sitting parked at all the labels, the publishers, the musician funds all over the place, it's called black box money. And it has nowhere to go. Eventually, the publishers will send it off to state unclaimed property. So when I get a client, I have to check all these different areas. The reason black box money exists, there's several. It's because, for example, we let the royalties fall off the radar screen. That's a big one. Or a music maker dies and the beneficiaries, you either the wife or the children, don't know what they're doing. They don't know where the money is and they don't know how to move forward with that process. You can't think that the the big three, the labels, Universal, Sony, Warner, the publishers are going to be able to find everybody. There's not a spirit of that anyway. But even if there was, how would they go about doing that? It just builds and builds. This money is not being spent. It's just being, it's just sitting there. Unclaimed. 
Wow. No place to go. And so you help people locate this money that is theirs and they're just not aware of it. One of my biggest success stories was a vocal group that was on stacks in the 70s only for two and a half years. And then Stacks went bankrupt, the music's over, and they had to go on and find other ways to make a living, which they did. So by the time they got to me, they're in their early 70s. Stacks, that's easy. I work with Concord a lot. That's who I'm the, the Stacks master. So we got them. I reach out so to, to Concord. And lo and behold, there was a total of $120,000 sitting there for those guys. And what propels me, what just drives me, is that they could have left this earth never knowing that their music had earned them that amount of money. And what a tragedy. And it happens all the time. I hear the passion in your voice. And like people listening in might be like, ah, it's just royalties. But listen to the passion in Amy's voice. This is, you found your calling in life. You have this background with litigation and law, and also uh, the passion that you had with your husband, and you found a way to combine the two. That's wonderful. It is. It's a, you couldn't dream it up. When Wayne died, I knew I could go on as a litigation paralegal, but I never dreamed that I would find my mission. His mission was to play on all this music, and mine is to help get as many people their money as possible. How do people start the process of seeing if there's a possibility of some royalties being available? Uh, send me an email. I'll, I will have a phone call. So when I, I'll just throw some examples out. One of Wayne's, he was actually an original marquee. He's a very successful songwriter. And this is what happens a lot. When I say royalties, people can be so focused on publishing, songwriting and publishing, they're forgetting that, oh, Don, you were also a featured artist. People just say the budget, the advance is the unrecouped advance will never be recouped. So there's no way they're going to make any money. And that's what Don did. He said, oh, Amy, my albums didn't sell. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. We need to find out. And so I know he released albums on like Electra. Electra is now with is Warner. They own them. You got to know what the parent company is. And I can do that super fast. And, and then we go from there. So we determine what role the music makers or roles they play. And then I have my game plan on where to go. And we just get started. With beneficiaries, I have to guide them on because that's the legal department we're dealing with, no matter what entity it is. So you have to have, it's a lot of forms and a lot of documentation. And people can get very overwhelmed and defeated in that process. So I do a complete package and I get them through but it all starts with email, phone call. What's the email? Amy. At amyjacksonconsulting.com. This is a dirty little secret, Amy, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but musicians are not typically good at business. I know. Wayne was a rarity. I, I do know that. But you got to, I tell everybody, you, you got to pay some attention to that, to the business. You want to do what you love, but you also have to pay the bills. How did you and Wayne meet? I interviewed him for a story. We met and married in 1990. I interviewed him for a story. I was working as a newspaper reporter. And uh, he asked me out to dinner the next night. And that was it. We had found each other. That was in March. And we married in December 1990. Did you? Were you a musician at the time? No. Are you a musician now? No. I think one musician per household is good. 
No, he's always, he was good with business. We were a real team, just real team in everything we did. I've got really important message for, for musicians about royalties. There are three musician funds that I'd like to get in. So all musicians out there, this is very important. There are three funds that collect for musicians. The first one is the AFM SAG-AFTRA fund. You do not have to be in the union to have money with them. They collect for satellite radio play. So follow me on this. Sound Exchange is the entity that collects for all satellite radio play. 50% to the label, 45 to the featured artist, and 5% is for the musicians and the backing vocalists. That 5% is sent to this fund, the AFM SAG-AFTRA fund. 2.5 for the musicians, 2.5% for the backing vocalists. This, they have a website. You cannot believe how many, and there's a tab, Unclaimed Royalties, and it is listed. It is public. You can go in there and type your name in. Please do it. You never know. And this is for all genres. This is just for music, any music that's played on satellite radio. Please do that, you all. The second fund is the Film Musicians Secondary Market Fund. This, again, they have a website. This is for residuals for film and TV. So this is union. This is American Federation of Musicians. Again, they have an unclaimed royalty tab. You can go in there, put your name in. The third is the Sound Recording Special Payments Fund, and that is totally AFM. But again, they have, we get paid, like that's where money comes from samples. Let's say Kanye West sampled an Otis Redding song. And our money, the sample money comes from them. When Wayne was a working musician, we'd also get a check in in August. And now that's been a long time and it's fuzzy. But again, they have a tab, Unclaimed Royalties. All musicians out there, just go check. And if you are on the list, particularly if, the, if well, any of them, there is a process that you go through, forms. I have clients who can't fill out a form to save their lives. They can sit down at the piano and play, no music, nothing. They could just do that, but they cannot fill out a form. It's a right brain, left brain thing. And I am there for that, for the forms. If people need help, here I am. It, beneficiaries, again, it can be a very difficult process, an overwhelming process. So here I am. And my fee for helping anybody on these three different funds is a one-time 10%. After that, you can fly on autopilot. It's annual income and you're good to go. I don't have to do anything else. But if you can do it yourself, do it. I want to talk about Wayne Jackson, the trumpeter. Now, you've you've told me that he's one of those people that you may not know the name, but you know the sound. So tell me about some of the songs that we probably know, but we didn't know that Wayne Jackson was playing trumpet on it. You may think, I don't know who this guy is. You do. So I would think that everybody listening has heard Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline. And we all go, bop, bop, bop. And that is Wayne on trumpet. It's part of bop, bop, bop. I think, I would hope that everyone has heard Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay. That is Wayne. And he is on every other Otis Redding song there is that has horns. Al Green, let's stay together. Surely we've all heard that is Wayne. And he is on all the Al Green songs from that era. Good Lord, we could be here forever. Mustang Sally. In the Midnight Hour, 
Sledgehammer. Y'all remember Sledgehammer, Peter Gabriel? That was huge. That's Wayne. That's in the 80s. Again, his career spanned. It's, it's 50 years. Steve Winwood, roll with it. Son of Preacher Man, Dusty Springfield. That's well known. All of them are. We could go on and on, but those are some big ones that I would think people know. So I would suppose that Wayne's music that was recorded decades ago is still collecting royalties today. Oh, yes, because he's on so many songs that have never left the airwaves and songs that get continually used in film and TV. So it's quite amazing. Okay, so if let's say that Wayne was featured on Sweet Caroline. Let's just go with that because everybody knows that. It's a it's not a prominent part that he plays. It's we all know it. We all know that there's horns in it. But he's it's not like Neil Diamond. What is the comparison of a royalty f- for Wayne's contribution versus Neil Diamond's contribution? On that, he's a session musician. That's what he is on most everything. And again, session music musician money off satellite radio play is coming from the AFM SAG after fund. So that's where that money comes from. So like 25 cents, like how does it work? So if Sweet Caroline is played at the New York Mets baseball game, obviously the Mets are paying a royalty of some sort. We're not getting that money. (laughs) That doesn't get down to us. We have to go where where the session musician income comes from. And that's the funds. And if it's used in film, then we're going to be getting it off of the film musician, a secondary market fund, or new use. So let's go to let's take hold on I'm coming, Sam and Dave. We all know that. And that that money comes in from those sources. The AFM, it was a, a union session and the film musician secondary market fund and and the AFM SAG after fund. And those are the, you know, the only places we can pull in that money here in the U.S. Now, there's performance income overseas, but that's where we are. And we don't pay, we never have paid our featured artists or musicians royalties for AM, FM radio. And every year we try to, we, meaning the, the Recording Academy and other sound exchange, try to get that le- legislation passed to change that. Wayne would have been a millionaire times, however many times over, if we had paid for AMFM. There's so much money in the music business. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, se- it seems to me like, and you'd know this better than I do, but it seems to me like there's just like a select few who know the game, who know how to work the game in their favor. And I'm not saying that they're being dishonest, but they, I'm just saying that they know the rules. And what you're doing is you're making people who don't know the rules aware of the rules and helping them get what's rightfully rightfully theirs. It's a really noble pursuit. I love it. People who say the love of money, it's, this isn't the love of money. This is just you're t- getting what's yours so that you can provide for your family and your heritage. Very exactly. worthwhile cause. I'm glad that our paths crossed. And also thank you to Rich Porter, who's like my person who's just like my unofficial recruiter for guests. <laughs> he brought us together. He's had, I think, your number three this year that he has recommended and that I've interviewed. So thank you to Rich and uh, Amy Jackson Consulting. I assume that you have the links for these three musician funds that you listed. If, if people can just, or how would they find these funds? That's a good. That's a good thing. I don't have them on my site, but I can do that. You, just Google. Just Google AFM SAG After Fund. 
Google Film Musician Secondary Market Fund. Google is your friend. And yeah. Amy Jackson is also your friend if, who knows? You never know what happened, but it's been a pleasure to get to know you prior to this call. And I hope that we can stay in touch and uh, have you back on and talk about musician funds and royalties and wherever the great winds of dialogue take us. That would be great. I, uh, and there's, it's always ever-changing. So <laughs> I, I have new info to provide. So that would be wonderful. And then you can, if you want to learn more about WayneJacksonMusic.com. Wonderful. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, James. Well, that is a wrap for this episode of Trumpet Dynamics, telling the story of the trumpet in the words of those who play it. Are you a true listener? Visit TrumpetDynamics.com to learn how you can be notified each time a new episode is published. And if you really like what you hear on this podcast, the best way to support me and the show is to subscribe to my daily email newsletter, where I share what I learn and observe in life in an infotaining way. Many folks have told me they enjoy the emails, and I think you will too. Again, the best way to subscribe to the email newsletter is to visit TrumpetDynamics.com. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll be in your earballs soon. <laughs> <laughs>